Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm also going to be at the Business Rocks Tech, Music, and Investment Summit recording shows live in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More information about the summit is on the show website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Drew Ahia, CTO and founder of H-Plus Technologies. Drew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Kevin. Um, yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm excited, um, kind of what you guys are doing. And to be 100% honest with you, I've kind of wanted what you guys were doing since I was a child in the 80s. But maybe before we kind of cover what you're doing, um, maybe let's start off with kind of where you're where you grew up. Uh, definitely. Um, so I actually grew up in uh, a westernmost uh, state of India known as Gujarat. Okay. Uh, just like uh, similar to Vancouver, it's also the west coast of India. And uh, uh, I've studied there. Uh, I've been there till the age of 22. Okay. Um, I, and I also moved to Bangalore, which is southern part of India, where I did my engineering. Interesting. Uh, there I majored in electronics and communications uh, with a parallel focus in computer science as well. Okay. Uh, as I was uh, sort of always interested uh, from both hardware and software perspective, uh, how to build systems um, that are interesting to interact with uh, as an undergrad student. So, uh, and that, uh, you know, intrigued, uh, further intrigued my interest uh, into the field of human computer interaction, which brings me to Canada. Sure. Um, maybe kind of before we get into like how you got to Canada, what was kind of the defining moment for you that kind of got you into like electronics and kind of technology? Definitely, I'd like to share a little childhood story. Sure. Um, uh, I was actually one of the fortunate kids uh, in India who received a computer at an age of 12. Uh, not okay. only did I receive computer, but also internet connection with it. Uh, this was, uh, and I'm talking 1997. Right, okay. Um, so, you know, and uh, I was so fascinated by this new world. You know, I've been engaged with the physical life, but now here was a digital world in front of me. And I could talk with anyone. I could browse any information. I could be creative with things like Photoshop and whatnot. So, sure. Uh, I remember opening Yahoo.com as the very first uh, website, and I decided to make well, you know, one like that. You know, as a kid, we are all very ambitious, and you, we want to achieve things. Totally. So um, I, I and actually went after that. You know, I started learning programming language at a very early age, and I uh, like self-taught you know, then. Uh, I partly self-taught. I actually started classes. I, I found it a little bit boring. I, <laughs> I quit and started teaching myself after that. Sure. Um, so, um, and, uh, you know, for next three months, I gave myself a project where, you know, I decided to make a website where people can download music from. At the same time, they can learn a little bit as well, like, you know, visual quiz, quiz or something like that. Sure. Um, so, uh, it took me around, you know, two months, eight hours of coding every day. And it was a fantastic sort of feeling at the end to, to see something real. Sure. Um, um, but I'd like to share an experience that I went through in, in terms of creation of this web 
side um, before this sure you know I'd always used to have uh, dinner and and lunch and you know with my family I would you know tend to spend more time with my friends uh, but after the introduction of computer especially getting drilled into creating something um, it was really hard for me to sort of you know spend time with others and uh, and you know I sort of realized uh, you know how technology acts like a double-edged sword in that sense you know it gives us a lot of power but at the same time the current computing interface takes away takes us away from uh, you know some of the aspects of real life sure such as socializing uh, in real you know in real three-dimensional space um, so so that was a little realization moment where you know I felt like you know how could could there be you know technologies essentially it was just a question at that point I had no idea, you know, how things could be done further, as I had just started learning things uh, in this new world. So, you know, this is sort of uh, this intrigued further intrigued my interest to to take up, uh, you know, science uh, engineering. Uh, this was always on the back of my mind. I actually enjoyed, you know, a lot in terms of programming. It, you know, it felt like God in some sense, like that you can create something, you can control something. Sure. Uh, and um, and it was it was a wonderful uh, experience in that sense. However, you know, I realized that there is a lot more that can be improved at the same time as well. And uh, you know, I also observed little things like you know whether my parents are able to use it as easily as uh, I am. Uh, you know, I also saw that there was a huge generation gap because sure. of this technology. So. Uh, you know, th there were certain things that were stuck in the back of my mind that, uh, you know, motivated and inspired me to, you know, walk on this path uh, where I am today. Sure. So, like, what made you kind of come to Canada then? Uh, definitely. So, uh, you know, after finishing my engineering, I didn't want to do a regular master's in electronics or master's in computer science. I wanted to do something that was much more interdisciplinary. I tend to think about ideas from multiple different perspectives. I'd like to think, you know, as I mentioned, I'd like to think from my parents' perspective, whether they find it something easy or not. I'd like to think from an art perspective. Um, uh, I remember doing a project uh, as an undergrad, uh, you know, you know, those art form that we make uh, in the form of collage, we cut sure. the newspaper cuttings and we create something artistic out of it. Um, rather than doing it in a traditional way, I decided to use a computer vision system where it will capture bits and pieces of people walking by through the lobby. And at the end of the day, it will collage some interesting art you know, randomly. It will randomly generate an art. And and that was an interesting project for me. You know, I, I realized, you know, how art and technology combine together uh, you know, we can create interesting experiences. Um, this was, uh, you know, sort of a project in that direction. And it was a very profound one for me. And that was the main reason that I decided that I want to pursue something where I'm not only surrounded by engineers and inventors, but I'm surrounded by artists, even entrepreneurs. So I, I researched you know, many different programs uh, in U.S., Canada, Australia, Europe as well. And I found this program, Center for Digital Media Program. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I liked about it was, uh, you know, it, it was affiliated by four universities, uh, you know, UBC, BCIT, oh, okay. Emily Carr, and SFU. Sure. And, and they literally meant it. You know, I, I am actually right now an alumni of all the four universities, and I could 
you know, join any classes. I could be part of any team in terms of sports or, you know, I, I literally felt like I could go anywhere within Vancouver and nobody would stop me to learn anything, right? And I've, and that was something very unique. No, no other university had to offer that. Sure. No, that's and awesome. It, yeah. And it was a very exciting place. I've heard good things about Vancouver. So, you know, there are multiple reasons, you know, I decided to come here. Sure. No, that's awesome. So you, you kind of came here, you took this program. Um, how, how long were you kind of in, in Canada studying? Yeah, it was a regular master's program, two-year okay. program. Okay. And uh, it's Master's of Digital Media. And uh, the interesting part is that the last semester, we either get to go the normal route of working for someone or we get to actually start something that, you know, we believe in, uh, you know, the path of entrepreneurship. Sure. So that's something that I liked about this program as well, that it gave an opportunity to explore your own ideas and, and be practical about it, you know learn things like business model, business plan, and learn things like management as well. Right. Uh, and not, not just creating. So it, it was great. And it was, it's been taught by industry veterans and leaders in that space uh, where they have actually, you know, exited uh, companies successfully where we get to learn a lot from. Sure. No, that that's awesome. So you once you were done school, um, you kind of went into the workforce or, or did you start um, H plus technology? That's a good question. So I actually worked for a while. I was a lead researcher uh, and developer at uh, University of British Columbia. Oh, awesome. And I was, I was working in uh, developing projection mapping system and content management system for, for those kind of, uh, you know, massive installations, uh, which was also one of my... In uh, on the side, I was working uh, as a part-time for a young startup called Design Interactive. Um, and at that time, they created... Um, you know, touchless interactive systems, uh, which we, all of us, we know it as, uh, you know, Kinect uh, for, from Microsoft, you know, 3D hand gestures and, and, and creating those kind of systems. Wait, wait, now, wait. So was, you worked on the Kinect or, or you built projects no, no. for the Kinect? Uh, no, this was actually prior to Kinect. Kinect oh. was not out in the market. It was in 2009. Okay. Interesting. So, so from 2009 to 2011, I was part of this startup where I got to learn a lot about, you know, actually learning how to raise, you know, capital, how to manage people, uh, how to manage expectations from clients as well. Sure. And we did a lot of projects together at that time. Um, we installed a 3D wayfinding system. You can navigate across gates and restaurants and lounges in uh, Vancouver International part of the airport. Interesting. Uh, and this was, again, in 2009. This was, again, before Kinect came out. So we were working with these technologies and, you know, machine learning and algorithms. Sure. Uh, and, and, and this is, you know, where um, my vision started to solidify as well, um, you know, the vision upon which the H-Plus is founded. Okay. <clears throat> so maybe let's kind of get into... Um, H plus technology, kind of why you started it and what it what it's doing currently. Uh, definitely. So, um, as I mentioned at Design Interactive, we were working with three D hand gesture recognition system and machine learning algorithms. And uh, soon I realized that although the gestures are being performed in three dimensional space, the information that's being represented is still logged inside two D screen. Sure. So there was still a mismatch in terms of how a person would feel, how much a person would feel intuitive 
when he or she is interacting with digital world. And and that was sort of a collective realization. You know, I was also working with two, uh, Vincent and I mean, they are, you know, excellent designers and artists uh, as their background. And, and we realized what if, you know, I could re- literally feel this pixel that I could feel real objects, uh, sure. you know, that, that this information is right in front of me. And, you know, this was sort of an idea of singularity in terms of, you know, bridging the gap between man and machine. So this this became, uh, you know, it was it was a it was like a, you know, brink of thought. But, you know, we stuck on to it and we uh, and H plus essentially was founded. Uh, on this vision of humanizing technology, which means to design and develop systems uh, which are, you know, adaptive in human nature, um, not uh, not just in terms of, you know, interaction, but also in terms of representation of information. So, so you know, this was a sort of collective vision among three of us, and and in, you know, all three of us were passionate about, you know, creating systems like this, and we all three of us worked on. And all the systems uh, being developed at design as well. So, so this was sort of uh, an evolution in term in that direction. You know where we wanted to have that complete control over the system. You know it, it's sort of like an Apple approach, where you know we are not buying uh, you know sensors from somewhere or you know monitors from somewhere and then we are assembling it together. We wanted to have sort of complete control. We wanted to design it from ground up and really wanted to understand. Uh, you know, the next phase of computing. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. So did you guys kind of raise a bunch of money or did you, are you self-funded or, or kind of how did you guys kind of launch the company? Yeah. Uh, so when we started in August 2012, we were immediately selected into Simon Fraser Incubation Center in oh, downtown. Nice. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we had a free office space at least in the first six months. Uh, uh, we were run through bootstrapping sweat equity, as you may know. Sure, uh, and yeah. all because all three of us were working prior to that, and we, you know, we got together, we collected a bunch of money together, and and raised uh, some money from family as well, and supported ourselves for next eight months from August two thousand and twelve. Uh, we at the same time, you know, we you know we had really good advisors who told us, you know, never stop pitching. Sure. <laughs> so we are always pitching to investors and, uh, you know, we had a plan from there. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the result uh, that you see right now, which is Hollis. So, and that was the plan actually back in 2000, and, uh, you know, early 2013. So, you know, fortunately, uh, we were able to raise, you know, one of the finest seed round based in Canada. We were able to raise 1.2 million. Wow. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, thanks. And, uh, you know, and, and based on that support, we started receiving, you know, a lot of government support as well. You know, IRAP, right. uh, which is an industrial research association program. They started supporting us. They knew that, you know, holograms and holographic computing would be the next phase even after, you know, AR and VR. So, you know, they they were really, uh, you know, we were really fortunate to be surrounded by this kind of people who really understood what we are trying to do here so uh you know you know counting everything together so far we've raised uh, nearly 2.5 million in funding counting you know uh both government as well as uh, you know in investment from private investors sure that's awesome so you kind of touched on what hollowus is but do you want to maybe kind of just for the listener talk about exactly what it is 
Yeah, so, you know, through all the support, uh, our goal was to create, um, you know, words first, um, a holographic platform, essentially. What it means is, uh, so, and, and that's what Hollis is. So Hollis is words first holographic platform, which converts any flat 2D experience coming out of your tablet, smartphone, PC, Mac, Linux, into multidimensional 360-degree holographic experience. What it, what it simply means is imagine something floating in the air. Uh, it's, it's an optical illusion in, in a sense, uh, but you can see it from multiple different directions. Now, it's a little bit different from a hologram, like you see the stickers on your, on, on your currency notes or on your credit card. Uh, sure. it's, it, it's different from that, but what we have done is to simulate that sort of experience, uh, and, and the way we do it is through position tracking. Okay. Uh, when you pair your smartphone either through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi with Holos, it can track your position in real time, and then it can, uh, you know, correct the perspective of a given three-dimensional object that you see inside Holos. That's very um, cool. Now, it, yeah. And and to add further on, it, well, now it, to explain the platform part, it comes with software development kit for Unity and Unreal Engine. Okay. which means okay. developers, designers, and artists can jump on board and create their own holographic experiences. They could convert any games um, or, you know, could be wide range of possibilities uh, through that software development kit. Sure. And just so people know, the Hollis is like a like a box that would sit kind of on, you know, yes. your table or, or, or something. Yeah, it's a tabletop uh, display. Uh, and uh, you can put it anywhere. Uh, it's a uh, fairly portable unit. I would say it's fairly lightweight. Uh, right now, we are in the process of manufacturing, and our target is to get it around 10 kilograms. Oh, wow. So, so you could lift it you know, from one place to another, and it, you do not require to wear any glasses or anything that's being attached to your body. So it's a hassle-free way of actually seeing uh, you know, uh, holographic images. Sure. So maybe do you want to... Like where can people check out a demo video? Like, do you want to just kind of mention your, your website and whatnot so people can actually see this thing? Definitely. Please check out all the information on hplustech.com, H-P-L-U-S-T-E-C-H.com. And we are very active on vimeo.com as well. Just search for Hollis and you'll probably find around 70 videos online. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you have a couple different um, versions of the or editions of the kind of actual devices. Do you maybe want to talk about each each edition and kind of what's the difference between the two? Uh, definitely. So Holos comes in two editions. Uh, one is Holos Pro Edition and Holos Home Edition. Uh, the differences are uh, mainly along the size, you know, along the lines of size. Um, okay. Holos Home Edition is uh, twenty percent smaller as compared to Holos Pro Edition. Okay. So you get a bigger image uh, out of Holos Pro. And what you get out of Holos Pro as well is software development kit, a free license of software development kit so that uh, developers can participate as well. Uh, as you, as from the name it sounds, Holos Home Edition is more meant for families and consumers so that you know they can simply unpack and enjoy the applications by plugging in their tablet or uh, you know, smartphones or any other computing device. One thing that I'd like to clarify is Hollis does not have inbuilt uh, computing uh, unit. Uh, okay. So, uh, but you can connect anything with it and simply run the Hollis application and that's it. So um, that, that's how essentially it works. 
Okay. Uh, the other thing with Holos Pro Edition is there is an HDMI port, which means that not only can you connect any kinds of uh, tablet uh, computing units, but you can aux PS4, uh, Mac, PC, uh, again, Linux-based computers, anything. Whereas for Holos Home Edition, uh, you can only connect uh, tablets for now. Okay. And and so so I, I, I run the Holos off of my tablet or phone, can yeah. can somebody else, or like, can I? Is there another device that I can use as like a controller, or or how does that kind of work? Is it just like one device powers kind of the whole experience, and then everybody interacts with that, or? That's a good question. So the way uh, right now the default interactive uh, you know paradigm method that we we suggest is your smartphone because everybody has a smartphone. Sure. Right? Uh, so, you know, you can imagine that you'll find applications on App Store uh, for, you know, Holos. You know, you'll find Holos applications and then you'll find uh, Holos controller applications. So Holos control, uh, controller applications are supposed to be installed on the device through which you, you want to control the Holos. Sure. Yeah. For example, your Android device or your iPhones or your BlackBerry, uh, whatnot. So... Uh, for step number one, you connect uh, you know any tablet with Holos, and then you run an application. Let's say, uh, you know, it is like a Princess Leia that you're seeing inside, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, step number two, you could be connecting um, any kind of smartphone with it, pairing smartphone, either using Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. And now you could be controlling the character inside Holos. Depending on how the application is designed, so this this decoupled, uh, you know, open-ended system. Now, this is just one example that I'm giving you, um, and and we do say that uh, you know, smartphone acts like a default controller just because everyone has has it, but really, developers could come a voice control, you know, Princess Leia application, or uh, they could have a brain control application where they could be using the brain waves to control holographic imagery. Um, so, you know, again, many different ways to interact with Holos. No, I, I think it's very cool. And, and like I said, kind of at the beginning of the show, I, I like I basically wanted this when I was a kid, you know, in the 80s growing <laughs> up. Right. Because this this is kind of you brought kind of I think a lot of people's kind of childhood to reality. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's uh, and definitely I grew up on the, you know, same kind of, you know, watching Star Wars and sure. Star Trek and uh you know, those were my inspiration as well. And uh, even growing up, you know, we see uh, in, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, interactions in movies like Iron Man. So even till the date, you know, I, I know that, you know, that people dream about it. People have been, you know, have been wanting to see this holograms, especially the effects like Princess Leia, something literally floating in front of you right in front of you and and you know reaching out to that information that way i know that you know that there there is a uh you know profound evolution that we are about to see in that direction sure no i I think that's awesome um you also kind of on your website have a business version do you want to maybe kind of cover what what's that um version Definitely. So, you know, uh, just after 2002, we actually had uh, prototype our technology fairly quickly. And based on, our, you know, it took us six months. And after that, we actually started getting some really interesting business clients. In early 2014, we partnered with uh, Ronald McDonald House. Oh, awesome. Now, now, the business version of our technology is called Holomax. Okay. 
and uh, unlike Holos is uh, more for developers and consumers. It's a portable version of the same technology that's Holomax. Holomax is essentially blown out version that can be installed in your room or retail storefront experiences. Uh, now that is immobile because it's very large. Sure. Uh, but I'd like to explain one of the examples with Ronald McDonald House. Um, we were very fortunate. We pitched a holodeck kind of experience to them, and they loved it. And uh, their CEO wanted to build something called Magic Room. Uh, they built a new house, uh, and uh, and the purpose of this house is to provide homely environment to sick kids. Sure. And it's it's built right besides you know BC Children's Hospital in Vancouver. Okay. It can accommodate 73 families, which is great compared to the previous house they had, which can accommodate, I believe, 32 families. Oh, wow. So, and and, and they provide, and, and the CEO is a very creative and, and has a very innovative mind. And, you know, they kept an empty room so that something creative could happen out of it. Oh, interesting. So, we worked with the staff member, we worked with the authorities, and we built something called Magic Room. That's world's first, uh, you know, holographic play space, uh, holographic environment, where uh, the purpose of that room is to provide magical and healing experience for the sick kids living at the house. Sure. The way to interact in magic room is through stuffies, and uh, essentially, uh, you know, it's essentially object detection system. Uh, kids can bring near to Beaver uh, any particular given stuffy, and Beaver would react accordingly. For example, if kids would bring nearby a piece of cloud, then the entire room would start raining and, uh, you know, beer will get excited and it will explain to kids about the rain as well. So it was sort of an educational experience for kids as well where they could learn about different objects. In the second phase, we extended the experience to underwater theme, which is aquarium theme. And, uh, you know, uh, Beaver will now dress up as a scuba diver. And okay. now there are more ways to interact with it as well. We also integrated gesture control system so that kids can move around and Beaver would react accordingly or they can interact with, uh, you know, fish on the wall or whales. And, um, and the experience was, uh, you know, just profound. And, you know, as a result of this magic room, we actually started hearing some really beautiful stories as well of kids actually healing up. That's uh, awesome. And there's, yeah, and there's one story that I'd like to share with sure. you. Sure. Um, there is a four-year-old girl called Macy. Uh, she had a very unique virus called Enterovirus D86. Okay. Uh, it seems around three kids in Canada have this virus. When kids have this virus, they cannot walk, and doctors cannot explain why. Oh, that's sad. She would vis- she would visit Magic Room every day along with her mother for one hour, and she did this continuously over the period of next one month. Shockingly, after a month, uh, Macy's mother found you know Macy finding balance, and she started walking in the Magic Room. Really? Her first steps. Yeah, she took her first steps in the magic room, and wow. we've literally seen parents crying, you know. Um, sure. And, and we cannot be any more proud, you know, to 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 get to see this result, and and also because of this result, you know, we were uh, one of you know we are the most innovative company here in BC uh, last year uh, as oh, well wow. as we Congrats. won Vancouver User Experience Award as well in 2014. So. 
this this project was very phenomenal. We understood a lot about our technology as well in in different ways how people could be using it. And it was not just a coolness factor, but we saw a real utility factor uh, because, and, and the main difference here compared to a flat 2D screen is that something that would be like a hologram will promote, uh, you know, active movement in physical space. So right. now people want to see something from behind, they'll have to pretty much move behind or if the character moves, right? Sure. The way we programmed Beaver is we 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 programmed Beaver in a way that it wouldn't move so much. So so it will encourage kids to move around in, right. in the space. So so you know and, and and because of that we actually started seeing all these results. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's 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 really yeah. cool. And I, you have a blog post about um kind of what you guys did with the Ronald McDonald House. So. People can kind of check check that out online if if they kind of want to know more, and I'm sure get in contact with you if they want even more information. Definitely, definitely, they can reach out to me at uh, you know through my email address through at hplustech.com. Uh, feel free to shoot me any questions. I'll be more than happy to answer them and uh, discuss any new ideas uh, with you. So. Yeah, and for uh, for Ronald McDonald House, we have uh, individual blog posts on the Magic Room, as well as Macy's story. You can hear the interview with her parents, and they have explained exactly how things happened in Magic Room. So, uh, yeah, feel free to check out hplusec.com and vimeo.com as well. We are active on Facebook and Twitter as well, so uh, feel free to share your ideas with us. Sure. No, no that's awesome. So... Maybe let's kind of talk about um, other uses for kind of your technology and holograms and kind of how it ties into gaming and and the education space. Definitely. Um, uh, I'd like to, you know, talk a little bit about history in computing. You know, past 30 years, we have been seeing a boom in personal computing industry. Right. Yeah. At H+, we ask ourselves the question, you know, what is the future? And, and we get ourselves an answer. Uh, not only is uh, you know hologram or holographic computing be the future, but social computing is going to be an important aspect of it. Uh, now, when I talk about social computing, I'm not just talking about social computing on internet, uh, but I'm talking about social computing on ground right. in real life. So, um, you know, we started designing games. Uh, where we would mimic, uh, you know, board game experiences, for example. You know, every Thursday night we have a games night and we play board games. Uh, Settlers of Catan, you know, Tokyo King and all those different kinds of games. And we learn a lot from those games and try to simulate some of those experiences within Hollis. Okay. The main reason is uh, because we believe that Hollis would be great for, you know, non- you know, social connection as well, uh, not not just interacting with those uh, images and, and holographic uh, images, but also connecting people around yourself. You'll be able to observe their emotions. You'll be able to see them, you, how they react to a particular move or something like that. And, and, and because everybody's attention is focused in the center, uh, you know, there is, there is uh, you know, what we call... It, it, it brings a, so, a digital social campfire experience. Interesting. So, you know, we, we think that, uh, you know, Hollis is great for that. And, and when we are going to ship Hollis this year, 
Um, we are going to ship some of those games which we have already developed. In fact, um, it will contain some of those board games like Monopoly and some of the educational-related application for kids as well. Sure. No, that's now, awesome. Yeah. So, kind of just, I'm, I'm kind of curious before we keep going. Can, like, if I have a Hollis and you have a Hollis, can we play through the internet? Or is that coming? Definitely. Yeah, you definitely could. Uh, because Hollis is actually, it's a, it's a display unit, right? Okay, yeah. Um, and, and through software development kit, when you connect your computer with it, as long as it has internet, you could stream anything into Hollis. That's awesome. Um, we could be even having a holographic, uh, you know, voice chat tomorrow. So that's all a possibility. Well, that's very cool. Okay, keep going. Sorry, I just want. I just thought of that, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be awesome." Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you know, and we have uh, made videos on that as well, like uh, you know how to, and, and we are going to actually have documentation for developers online, like how to embed uh, 3D cameras how to use our SDK, how to start using all these different sensors so they can actually start creating and, you know, what I would call democratizing in a holographic era, you know, because these are all wonderful applications uh, that people have in mind. And I think they're all great applications. So this is what we want to promote is this platform, essentially. Sure. And, And what is your kind of thoughts on kind of holograms in the educational space? Yeah, uh, you know, we touched a little bit about educational sure. aspect of it through Magic Room, right? Yeah. Um, I'll explain one or one of the strongest part about uh, holograms and Hollis in particular. Uh, one of the things that is really good uh, in terms of learning through Hollis is your it it improves memory retention. Interesting. You know, after we started uh, hearing about Macy's story and there was Ethan's story as well. You know, I, I actually did uh, research with uh, some of the very well-known psychologists out of UBC. Okay. And, you know, what we merely found that uh, it actually increases memory retention and it in- increases engagement as well. Okay. The way it does is, you, well, you, and you can try this as well, hold a 3D object in your hand. Now, don't rotate the 3D object, but try to look at it from different angles by actually moving your head. And now okay. when you move your head, your brain is registering thousands of images from different perspectives. And mm. you actually remember that piece of information for a longer period of time as compared to a video, even playing games, you know, text, images, uh, anything that has to do with a flat flatness, you, the, the amount of memory retention that you get out of a three-dimensional space and interacting with, directly with three-dimensional space is much more than interacting with a two-dimensional surface. So that's about memory retention. Now, so when people move around Holos, they are registering multiple different perspectives. So imagine learning uh, complex 3D concepts like DNA structure for kids sure. and uh, solar systems. Now they can easily remember this piece of information. They'll be able to remember things like how far the Saturn is from Earth and how far uh, Pluto is from, you know, uh, Sun, because they've seen that piece of information from multiple different angles and yeah, they've interacted with it as well. Now, not only that, because uh, multiple people can see information from different angles, uh, depending on the position, 
they can participate with others, right? So for, imagine, for example, parents participating with their kids. So it, so Holos provides an opportunity for, uh, you know, multiplayer participation in the physical space where, you know, we overcome isolation, we overcome stagnation. And when we overcome this uh, problem of isolation, there is much more interaction, not just with, uh, you know, holographic pixels, but also with peers around yourselves. And that, uh, I would say, you know, these are the these are some of the strongest points in terms of improving the educational experience as well. So we have actually, you know, when we are going to launch Holos this year, uh, we are going to ship, uh, you know, uh, like uh, you know, play playbooks for kids. Uh, they are simple applications for now, but our again, our idea is to encourage developers to create more content and create more applications. But we definitely believe that. Um, education industry will greatly benefit from this sure so when when are you guys kind of launching everything then right so right now we are uh, in the you know last part of our dfm which is designing for manufacturing and we are planning to go into manufacturing in a few months from now okay and from there on we could be creating you know thousands of units very fairly quickly so we are going after a manufacturing process uh, and making sure that we can fulfill the orders uh, very quickly, you know, from Kickstarter as well, sure, uh, as well as other pre-orders that we are getting on daily basis. Sure. No, that's awesome. I, um, you kind of mentioned there was one other story, like Sean, was it? Do you want to maybe share that quick before we kind of close the show? Um. Uh. Yeah. It's uh, Ethan's actually. Oh, Ethan. Ethan's yeah. Story. Okay. Sorry, and... I don't know where I got Sean from. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. So uh, Ethan, uh, uh, I, I, like Ethan's story is not that profound as Macy's story, but uh, Ethan is also uh, one of the brilliant child. He actually has a bone cancer in the leg, and he's, he's one of his leg is amputated, okay. and and he cannot walk. But uh, we've seen even uh, you know Ethan's mother in in the magic room, and we've seen Ethan. Are so happy uh, to interact with the magic room, and he's been actually one of the designers for Face Two as well. Very really? smart kid, huh. uh, and, and he's been providing us input for the Face Two, the aquarium theme, and and how other kids could be interacting with it as well. So you know, we've been hearing some beautiful stories of you know how kids have loved this space. Sure, no, that's that's awesome, Drew. This has been great. Um, yeah. We're kind of out of time, so maybe do you want to kind of close the show? with, again, promoting where people can find, um, you know, you guys online and any other social media profiles that you want to promote? Yeah, definitely. Um, guys, feel free to check out hplustech.com. And if you're interested in Hollis right now, uh, you can actually pre-order one yourself for seven ninety nine USD. And, um, you know, we are going to ship it in a few months from now, as I mentioned on the show. So, Feel free to check us out uh, and reach out to us uh, through the form. And uh, we are active on Facebook uh, slash H plus tech, Twitter slash H plus tech, uh, Vimeo.com as well. And you can find some of the videos on YouTube as well. So uh, let us know your thoughts. We'd be very excited. As I mentioned, uh, this is about growing a community together. This is about democratizing holographic era with your support and with your input, uh, and uh, and that's the reason why we are here so far. So feel free to reach out to us, and uh, I'll be really happy to answer any questions you may have. 
Perfect. Drew, thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I think what you guys are doing are, is awesome. And I love the stories and how, you know, you're already kind of changing people's lives. So, you know, this has been awesome. Thanks again for doing it. We'll be in touch. I'm excited for you guys to get these things, you know, out and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, thanks again for doing this. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, and, and, and lastly, thanks sure. to you, Kevin. Uh, thanks for providing this opportunity. This is great, you know, for, you know, uh, you've been you know, helping me to bring out some of the wonderful thoughts uh, during this interview, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, keep sharing more entrepreneurial uh, stories. So, um, yeah, again, thanks a lot for this time. No, thanks very much for, for the kind words, and, uh, you know, much success to you, and we'll keep in touch, and... Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll do another show uh, in sometime in 2016. Definitely. Perfect, man. All right. Well, you have a good one. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Have a nice day. Okay. Bye, Kevin. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.